Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <gasps> yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 290, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Thank you for calling. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are live in Culligan, funky like a monkey, if you will. Uh, and we are continuing to um, give you the the latest and greatest in professional wrestling business. Of course, you can see I'm a big advocate of Dusty Rhodes, who just uh, recently um, had a birthday, and uh, it was all types of wonderful, wonderful texts and and messages um, about Dusty Rhodes. So, uh, yeah, this is episode 290. I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, we have so much to cover tonight. Uh, It's a special guest, of course. We have uh, TLC predictions. We have Raw and SmackDown talk. Uh, We have... Uh, quite a bit of uh, information uh, to, to give you today. We got some backstage scoops, and uh, we, we we just got we just got a lot going today. So uh, we're going to take a brief commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we will be right back as soon as the 
So does the other side. We'll be right back. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama we jamming that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest we the dangerous alliance nah the Harlem Heat tie the do rag before we do battle you're talking sheep you are what you speak this too still the number is just back we repping that wolf pack the foundation shaking no mistaking yeah we shook that trusting God we trust pushing forward never look back meekness ain't at all weakness some people mistook that stamping out this crook rap he turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And what an action-packed uh, week uh, of professional wrestling with an action-packed Monday and Tuesday. A lot that went on on Raw and SmackDown Live. Uh, some interesting directions that WWE is going uh, toward. The past couple of days, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it because there's a lot of uh, interesting things that uh, has <laughs> has already stirring some controversy, already causing the, some some interesting stirring. So, uh, very very interesting. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the guest of the evening. Uh, we got so much to cover uh, tonight. And uh, we are going to have a, a bunch of fun, and I'm, I'm really excited to uh, bring on the guests here in just a moment. But uh, uh, before then, ladies and gentlemen, of course, I do want to let you know about uh, the Pancakes and Power Slams uh, T-shirt. Uh, I definitely want to let you know, of course, uh, for the, the Pancakes and Power Slam T-shirt. And be sure to uh, purchase the Pancakes and Power Slam T-shirt. Show your interest, show your love, show your support. We Always, always appreciate everyone who supports it and check us out. Inbox is a Crave Wrestling, uh, the Facebook page for your interest on the pancakes and power slams paraphernalia, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go uh, to our guest tonight. I'm very excited to bring this person on. He is a former WWE 
tag team champion, three-time WWE tag team champion. Ladies and gentlemen, he is PJ Black, and you knew him in the WWE as Justin Gabriel. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic, man. It's great to have you on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry, I've been running around like crazy all day. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> long day. Absolutely long day. So uh, you recently had a uh, had a base jumping incident, man. What in the world happened? And uh, uh, let us know uh, just uh, how you're feeling. Yeah, so that's what I'm running around for all day. I have, like, uh, I have physio pretty much every day um, trying to get back to – my normal self, uh, I do like the cryo chamber and I do um, the hyperbaric chamber every day, trying to just to speed up my recovery and stuff. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. short version, I, I jumped a building. I sh- probably shouldn't have jumped that day. I should, should have probably walked away from that jump. And uh, most people think the parachute didn't open. The parachute opened fine. It just opened slightly to the, to the left, and I hit a satellite dish. Broke my leg, lost a piece of my finger. Um, that was about 21, 22 weeks ago. So I probably have like another six weeks of recovery until mm-hmm. I can actually work again. Wow. Now, uh, now was it was just, uh, I mean, so this is just, it was just a routine type of base jumping. You did it, uh, you, you did it, you did this type of, type of activity normally? Yeah, I, I have about a hundred base jumps and about a thousand skydives. Um, it's one of my, my hobbies. It's uh, apart from wrestling, it's my other passion. Um, I love doing it. You know, like it's, it's, uh, it's hard to put into words why I, I do this. If you go to my website, pjblack.com, I wrote a blog on why I jump. Cause everyone keep, keeps asking me the same questions. Like, why do you jump? I keep getting hurt. You know, this is my, my second or third time getting hurt from base jumping. And, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going to stop. It's like, it's, it's, it's who I am. It's a part of my life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, it, you wouldn't be called a dare wolf for no reason, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, speaking of dare wolf, uh, you know that's uh, that 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 is your deal. I mean, you you kind of you you live you live that out. Uh, in the WWE, you were known for doing more aerial tactics. Uh, this is your twentieth year in the business. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, 20 years as a wrestler. Um, I started refereeing matches when I was like 12 years old. So if you, wow. if you count that, I've been in the business for a very long time. <laughs> wow. Almost 25 years in the professional wrestling business. That is uh, <laughs> that's a lot Crazy, of professional right? wrestling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> that's, that's so, more, so more time can... in wrestling than I haven't been wrestling. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. So the, the interesting part of that is uh, – uh, you, you weren't in the States until, uh, you know, uh, I think it was uh, the WWE was when you, when you came in as, as Justin Gabriel, uh, they were they were doing a lot of uh, vignettes and things about you having a, a South African uh, type of uh, background. And uh, so when was it that you actually came in the States? Yeah, uh, WWE signed me in 2008, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. It took them about a year or two years to get my work papers to come to come work in the U.S. And uh, once once I got finalized, I moved over to Florida where I trained at FCW, the uh, developmental territory at the time. Um, 
yeah, I always, always try to get into the U.S., you know, like I try to get into Japan, but South Africa, it's, well, I guess it's considered a third world country in a way, you know, and it was very hard for me to, to wrestle outside of the country. I did a lot of shows in, in like Europe and like the Middle East and stuff like that when I was just starting out. Um, yeah. Never really made it to the U.S. I, I mean, but then again, I was busy all the time too, you know, I, I mean, I, I always knew that was a goal in the distant future. Um something that I wanted to do. And then, yeah, eventually I got picked up, I got signed and my life changed from there. Yeah. So were there any influence that you had? I know European wrestling is always, you know, big, of course the, you know, the William Regals, the, the fit Finleys, uh, you know, those are some, some legends in, in, in the European circuits, of course, uh, uh, the, the, um, uh, was it, uh, Ricky, the, um, Oh, the the Pages family. Um, uh, the uh, oh yeah, Beavis. Ricky Knight. Yeah, Ricky Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I know they have you know lineage in the, in the UK scene uh, because you actually you actually went from you know South African and then you went over to to do some UK work too in your in your uh, teenage years and in your formative years, right? I did. I did. I see. I went to college in London, so I. Uh... I, uh, I lived in London for like five years. Uh, I took a little mm-hmm. break from wrestling for a little while, so just finishing my studies. But like, uh, I think my first or second year, I was like, oh man, I, I can at least squeeze one or two wrestling shows in, you know, like a weekend. And then for, yeah. at first it was one a month, and then it was like one a weekend, and then it was like busy all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so I lived there for quite a while. So I know I know the scene pretty well. And in South Africa, we didn't really have a style. So what I did was I took some of the British style and I took some of the, the Japanese strong style and then I just kind of like combine those styles. So everyone thinks that's that's kind of like a South African style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it was definitely definitely unique, uh, especially coming to the WWE. Now, who was it that was uh, really kind of instrumental in, in bringing you over to the WWE, FCW? Uh, you started there, and uh, who was instru- instrumental in bringing you in uh, to work under the WWE umbrella? It was um, it was mainly Steve Kern, Dusty Rhodes, and Dr. Dom- Tom Pritchard. Um, oh, okay. I credit those guys for 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 everything. I mean, everything that my, my dad was a wrestler too, so I, that's why I grew up in the business. But the stuff that I learned from those three guys is just you know like next level. I mean, it, it, I owe everything everything that I've made to to them in a way, you know. They showed me the way yeah. they, you know, Dusty taught me how to like talk in front of the camera and cut promos and stuff like that. And the other guy, you know, Dr. Tom taught me about the business, you know, like even though I grew up in the business, there's so many little things that I, that I didn't know, you know, because WWE was a, a total different world to, to, to oh, wrestling. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was, uh, yeah. Those three guys. And also Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley was there at the time. Um, <laughs> Big wiggle. So many, <laughs> yeah. So many moves and holes. The guys, his mind is phenomenal. It's like he's like a wrestling encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, way underrated, man. I was a big fan of uh, Norman Smiley uh, back in the WCW. Uh, it yeah, was funny same, because same. I think, yeah, I, I think that you may be. I have to I have to get an official uh, count on this, but you may be the hundredth guest on the show since I started this. Uh, oh wow, show. that's a that's a good number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh and I think out of the 100 guests that I've that I've uh, interviewed on the show, uh all uh, uh, all wrestling talent, 
and and I think most people, I, I, was, I would say a huge chunk, uh, has attributed Dusty Rhodes to just really the evolution of their character, uh, just from a just from a promo standpoint, and just from a standpoint of just uh, really kind of honing in the crowd, understanding the pulse of the crowd. And I think that, uh, you know, you're definitely one of them. And, you, and I think, you know, you start off as a baby face. They really put you over. Uh, they really put you over a lot, you know, as, as a baby face. Uh, but I, I, the the whole NXT thing, uh, just let us know, because, you know, the NXT is just a whole different breed now. And, of course, you went back to NXT uh, after having some time on the main roster, teamed up with Tyson Kidd. So, uh, just let us know just the difference that you found between the NXT when they had the pros and the rookies uh, compared to just the whole separate independent brand. Right. Yeah. So they, they, remember ultimate fighter, they wanted to make it like a reality show, like a, like a bunch of wrestlers living in a house. They wanted to make it like a reality show. And yeah. I guess like time, time kind of just ran out. Like, cause on the day they were like, Oh man, we don't really have anything. What are we going to do? And we have to go live because the first few episodes on the, on the West coast were live. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of just like threw us in there. Like none of it was scripted, the matches or the promos, not, not many people know this. It was just like, kind of go out there and do your thing. And I think we messed it up so bad that they, they end up script, scripting the other seasons very heavily. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that was the start of it, you know. Like, but, but now I feel like NXT isn't a, a developmental territory anymore. It's just a, a territory in itself, you know. Yeah. It's where, sure, it's where the, the they sign the kids go when they sign them. But it's it's a it's a whole brand in itself, and it's it's pretty cool to see how far it's come. Yeah, because the performance center. Didn't, didn't exist when you first started to, uh, under the WWE umbrella. No, I was on the on the road for like two, two, three years. Yeah. When they, when they built yeah. the performance center, but I did like like you said earlier, I did go back there to train, you know, with all the guys and like you know, pick Dusty's brain every day of how my character should evolve, and you know, we came up with so many ideas. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it never happened on TV and stuff, but like you know, that's one of the main reasons that I left. Um, mm-hmm. But you never, you, you never know, you know. Like there's, there's so much talent there right now, and I think that's the problem. And not, you know, not everyone can have a spot on TV. Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's a, now, now that they've created the NXT brand, you know, like hopefully they'll create some more brands like that. So, like, yeah, they have the 205 Live brand. So at least it gives guys like that that some TV time and time to work. You know, that's true. Now I'm I'm very curious uh you know the, the the selection of the Nexus members it just really I, it, it was it was very interesting to me because of course you have the NXT season and of course uh you know the 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 whole the Nexus was kind of revolved around making the NXT season kind of stand out uh because it was like the the rookies of NXT uh, kind of formulated and becoming this defiant, rebellious type of uh, stable. Uh, you had you, you had, uh, I mean, you can help me out on these people, uh, Barrett, Tarver, uh, Daniel Bryan for just a hiccup, uh, Slater, uh, Slater uh, Darren Young, Darren Young, right? Darren now. Young, yeah. I think that's. I think that was it. So that was, what? That was all of them. Who came up with the selection? Like, was it just a matter of just uh, how long did it take? And when did you find out that you were just kind of 
going to team up with this, these people uh, who, you know, I'm sure you probably didn't have really close relationships with all of them uh, and you had to make a team out of it and work with it regardless. How soon yeah, yeah. before your debut did you have, did you find out that you were going to create this Nexus stable and what were your thoughts of it? That, that happened on the day, right? Um, basically the, the whole, the whole Nexus was the first season of NXT, the whole, the whole cast, right. if you will. Yeah. And um, basically when the season ended, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if they were going to send us back to, to Florida or what was going to happen. And they said, just rock up to TV that day. And I, it happened to be in the American Airlines Center in Miami. Um, and Vince called us into the office and it was, it was all his idea. He basically told us exactly what to do. He's like, just go crazy tonight, rip the ring apart, like do anything you guys want, like whatever you break, we'll pay for it, we'll fix it, you know, like whatever. And we were like, okay. Like we didn't realize or understand like how big it was going to be. We just yeah. just kind of like did what he told us to do. Um, and uh, yeah, actually all of us were really good friends because like we, we spent, all of us spent over a year in, in Florida together, you know, so we kind of like became close and because of season one and still to this day, I'm still good friends with the, that whole group of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tarver didn't really make it that far. Why do you think he didn't? Ah, man, it, there's so many different reasons. You know, we can speculate, but uh, who knows? I don't know. Um, everyone will probably say something different. You know, what I think, it, it was tough, man. They, they they tested us a lot in the beginning. And, like, some guys, you know, like just crack under pressure. And some guys, some guys can handle it and some guys cannot. Um, mm-hmm. Even though you... Some guys get fired, you know, like the Daniel Bryan thing. He got fired, but he came back, you know. Uh, look at Drew now. That's another example. He got fired, but they brought him back. And I think Tarver was one of those guys where they tested him so many times and it, it, things weren't working out. But I, I feel like he was such a good talent. They would have hired him back if he kind of just kept on that path. So who knows? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, there yeah. could be multiple reasons. But he was a hell of a talent. Um, there was some stories of him just having some heat with some backstage people. That's a possibility. Uh, I, I cannot tell you if that was true or not. I mean, he was always good mm-hmm. to me. He was definitely a weird character out of the ring, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's what makes an interesting wrestling persona on TV. You know, like he was such a unique person outside of the ring too. And I feel like it came across on TV, but mm-hmm. like why it never took, I mean, he was, he was definitely a great talent. Um, yeah, you know, like promo wise, character wise, and even a great wrestler, and he, he loves it so much. He trains, you know, he was always evolving, you know, and I guess it just, yeah, it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, yeah, sadly, but uh, yeah, and, and uh, Nexus was was fantastic. It was it was one of the the biggest shocks, you know, of the year. Uh, you you had to. You you had the opportunity to perform a 450 splash on Vince McMahon. Were you nervous? <laughs> um, a little bit. I mean, I've I've done it a million times. It was one of the first moves I ever learned when I was like eight years old. You know, and I I just kind of I've been doing it so long that I don't even think about it. But that day, standing up there, I kind of like thought about it for a little bit. And people don't realize how how big Vince is. He's very wide. You know, for yeah. someone. That, that age, you know, I, I mean, he's, you can, you can tell, like, I mean, he's, he's a bodybuilder. He's worked out his whole life. And, you know, I've never, never really messed that move up except for once in my life. And it wasn't even that bad, but this, this day I didn't mess it up, but like I got winded so bad cause he's so thick. I didn't realize 
Um, and he 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 was fine. Like he, I don't even know. He, he said he, he he thanked me afterwards, and he was like, "That that was great." But like, <laughs> I I just remember being so winded after that. Yeah. And I was well, like, oh man, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was just really really interesting, man. It's like you know, if anything, you get to say that you performed a 450 splash on the one who just leads the whole entire thing. So, yeah, that's... Uh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh, that, was a, yeah. that was a good couple of weeks, actually, because it was, uh, I think, it was a Monday, my 450 Vins, and then the, the next night, I had 450 uh, Taker. Taker, so that was, yeah. That was quite an in- interesting week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was uh, very interesting. Uh, and, then, and then you were about to do it on Steamboat, weren't you? But uh, I don't... Remind me of this. You were about to... You guys attacked Steamboat, too, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I actually did it on him, but he, apparently he got he he got injured yeah, he somewhere got injured. in that because yeah. I mean a bunch of guys did uh, did some moves on him, you know, and he, he could have been injured on any of those moves. I think it it's a, it was probably a combination of all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Some people might say it was me. I I, I don't know. Like I've, I've done that move on multiple people, and I've never hurt anyone with it. You know, like sometimes I might get a little bit winded or something, but I've never really. I've never, never hurt anybody with that move. Yeah. So, so you guys just really had something going on just just amazingly. And it seems like, I mean, all the interviews that I've done and just on all the interviews that, you know, I've heard as, has, you know, came about just over the past few years since the Nexus, a lot of people uh, attribute the pivot of, the Nexus not going to the next level was that SummerSlam, was that uh, uh, the Nexus versus Team WWE when the Nexus end up losing, uh, when in fact, you know, a lot of people really think that they should have won, that you guys really should have, you know, defeated Cena and company. Uh, it was just like a, a thrown together, you know, tag team, you know, anyways, just with Team WWE, that it had faces and heels. I think Bret Hart was a part of it. Uh, yeah. it, just, it, it really didn't make any sense of why Team WWE won, and a lot of people I do know, attribute but... just that that type of, uh, you know, the, the the it just the Nexus would have went to a different level. A lot of people think if you guys would have defeated Team WWE. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, that was definitely the the pivot point. I mean. We Nexus didn't even make it to WrestleMania. If you think about it, it was less than a year That's true. run we had, wow, and that, that was definitely it was definitely hard to come back from that. I mean, we knew we had to go over, and like you know, like the, the powers of someone with a lot of power got that finish changed, and you know, like he apologized afterwards because he knew he was wrong. But like that's hard to to it's hard being the rookie and trying to explain to someone like because uh, they all just think it you're in it for yourself or, you know, like whatever the case may be, they might think that, uh, you know, that you think that you're better or that you know better. And we were were like legit rookies, you know, it was our first few months on the road. So we didn't have the power. We didn't have the stroke to to voice our opinions and and get stuff changed. And uh, yeah, I mean, we couldn't, there was nothing we could do. It it happened like it did. And yeah, like you said, there was no coming back for the Nexus after that. Yeah, and then the core of uh, you know formulated and just people just crapped all over that. Just what we were all, what were your? Th- I mean, you did win the tag team championship, uh, you know, with yeah. later you were 
you know, three time, you know, tag team champions, yep. which later on together. Uh, but just a lot of people just overall didn't really have a positive uh, reception of the core uh, just because, you know, frankly, it did seem like a knockoff group. What are your, what are your thoughts on the core as a whole? It it did. It was kind of like a knockoff group. Uh, but, I mean, all the guys involved didn't like it at all, but I get the, there's a handful of fans who really like that group for some reason. Like I still, you know, like I go to conventions and I see people and they, and they really liked it. But I think the main problem is because we didn't have any direction. Like our characters didn't have any, you know, like when the, it was all said and done, they were like, oh, you guys should have done this. I was like, well, why didn't you guys tell us this? Like that, that's what the writers are for and the producers are for. You guys tell us what you want from us. They kind of just let us just do whatever, which was kind of cool in a way. So we, we should have done different, but we, we kind of like, we were still in that mindset of the the nexus, you know, we were kind of like this slow moving, dark, methodical group. And I guess that's not what they wanted, but they, they never mm-hmm. told us. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, that was a very short lived <laughs> group. Yeah. Hey, they, well, they had a, they had a on a positive, <laughs> on a positive note, you did make it to WrestleMania like the nexus. So that, yeah, that yeah, was a, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, you lost at WrestleMania, but at least you did get to make it to WrestleMania. So we that did, and out. we were tag champs. And even though we lost, me and Heath were still tag champs. So that was great. That's right. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So I mean, you as a, I mean, you still even to this day have such such a ton of potential, just an amazing talent. And Thank you know, you. it just seems like it just seems like the WWE just really didn't see that as a singles competitor. Of course. You know, you, you know, they, they they were just kind of, it was kind of start and stop, you know, type of pushes for you. Uh, you know, team team with Tyson Kidd, you went down to NXT to just kind of, uh, just kind of regain some steam. I mean, Tyson Kidd did the same thing actually. Uh, so it just seems like the WWE really didn't see. I mean, you and Kidd broke up, and then uh, uh, you were still doing some single stuff. And they just kind of didn't have uh, really a stable, you know, uh, opportunity for you. Um, I mean, you, I think you competed against Jack Swagger, you know, for the U.S. title. Um, you know, that was, like I said, start-stop pushes. What do you think, you know, went wrong with just your your character as a whole? Of course, just that this that the frustration of that, uh, you know, was pivotal to. Uh, you, you know, leaving, you know, the company, just uh, what was it about just, uh, was anybody trying to, you know, kind of pull for you? Uh, or do you think you should have, you know, said more? I know that you were, you know, uh, requesting, you know, some, some ideas. What do you think went wrong with that? You know, I, I have no idea. At that time too, it was, it was a transitional era in, in WWE. You know, like every week there was a new, a new group of writers, like, and then then this guy would get fired, and you you build a relationship with this guy, and he would understand the character, and then he would he would be gone, and this happened like so many times that I didn't even bother learning the writers' names. Um, so I think it was during that era where you know writers were just coming and going, like the creative team kept changing, um, so no one kind of knew where my character was supposed to go, and the more I try to explain to people, you know, I even went back to to NXT to work on some different character stuff. It just, yeah, it was just, I, I guess it, it's hard to say. It was mainly a timing thing. Um, also, they, they kept pushing the baby face thing. And I think I'm the worst baby face in the world. I'm a much better heel for sure. Um, really? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett said really? that. Jeff Jarrett said, Jeff Jarrett that. said, yeah, 
<laughs> Jeff was like, you should never be a baby face ever again. And I agree. You know, like I grew up watching and idolizing heels and I'm, I'm such a, a much better heel. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that, that was partly of it too. Like sometimes when something looks forced on TV, you know, it doesn't come across, you know, sometimes fans, they, they cannot always tell exactly what it is, but they know something is off. And I think yeah. that we were pushing the baby face thing for too, too much. I should have turned there or something. You know, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a combination of, of a few things. And I think if I stayed a little bit longer, they would have tried it. So like, you know, everyone gets a chance eventually. But uh, I wasn't going to hang around. I was like, man, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do. A lot of people that I still want to wrestle on the indies and mm-hmm. like in Japan and everywhere. And, uh, you know, still haven't done most of my list. But uh, I'll get there. You know, like, I, I think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not young anymore, but I'm not, I can still go. With, yeah. with the most of the young kids on the <laughs> in the world right now. Yeah, I mean speaking speaking of uh, you know just your list, um, you know just being in Lucha Underground, you know being in GFW, being in uh, you know Impact Wrestling, you you know you have had an opportunity to uh, to really go against you know quite a few people. Uh, who are some people that uh, you haven't won against yet that uh, you would like to uh, compete against? Uh, number one on that list is Okada, and I, I know he's been oh, yeah. he's been on fire the lot the last few years. But like this, this this goes back to like way back, even before he he blew up in in New Japan. You know, he did that little stint in TNA, and then he went back to Japan, and that's when his push kind of got started. That's mm-hmm. that's when I wanted to work with him, and it, it just happened that he blew up in the last few years. You know, um, but other than that, I got to work AJ just before he got signed to WWE and like I get to work Ray Mysterio on two, three, four occasions and Johnny Mundo, you know, like we've never had a singles match until, until recently. Um, you know, so the, the list is pretty much complete except for that one Okada match. And then, you know, there's still time. It might still happen. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kazuchika Okada is uh, definitely in my top five right now, or as Booker T would say, my fave five dog. <laughs> I definitely think yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think. Now, number one, you know, PW uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, top 500, ranked number one this year. So, uh, you know, definitely, I mean, he, he's fantastic. So, so I guess my last question is uh, uh, Total Divas. What well, you were a part of Total Divas for a hiccup, uh, and and just uh, you know, what are your just overall thoughts on just the Total Diva? How was the filming? And I know that it's uh, you know, real big nowadays, especially with uh, you know, the Bellas and and, and their counterparts uh, being a part of it. But uh, you know, you uh, were a part of Total Divas when JoJo was there, uh, and uh, you know, they were filming some some parts of uh, you. And JoJo kind of dating, but you being annoyed. Now, how much was that was scripted, and how much of it was real? Um, wow. Uh, most um, that, that. Wow. Uh, let, okay, let, let's start from the beginning. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a part of this at all. Um, they they filmed some stuff, and I started talking to JoJo just you know because I thought she was a, a pretty cool person I never realized that she was so young I think she was 18 or 19 at the time yeah um and you know like we, we kind of like went that route and they're like hey do you want to be on the show so like yeah sure like what, what do I have to do and they're like nothing just go you know go on dates and we went on multiple dates which they filmed and all this stuff which never aired by the way we filmed like so many cool things and they mm-hmm. they, they 
and and uh, I said to the producers, I was like, yeah, I don't think I can do this. Like she's 19. I don't think this is going to work. You know, I'm a 30 year old man. Like, <laughs> um, and and he was like, he was like, okay, fair enough. But then you have to break up with her on TV. And then that's you know that's the scene they played. I, I broke up with her on TV. And mm-hmm. what they did was they they made me look like this super womanizing heel. What they did was they edited yeah. everything to make me look like the bad guy. You know, that's not what happened at all. Like. <laughs> But that that's yeah. the power of TV, and uh, a lot a lot of it is real, but it's, it's about ninety percent scripted, and that 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 I just couldn't deal with. It. I was like, if it's a reality show, let us let me just do whatever I want. I'm going to say whatever I want. Don't tell me what to say and what to wear and all all that jazz. You know, like that. It wasn't yeah. very uh, organic or spontaneous. So I was like, after I broke up, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you're still uh, competing. Like you say you're recovering now from your injury, and uh, you're still you're ready to get back in the ring. Just uh, let the listeners know just uh, what you have planned in the future. Uh, I know that uh, yeah. you know the Dare Wolf doing some some great things, and uh, you know still some a Lucha Underground presence to you. And uh, you know there, there's some talks and some some filming, and just uh, uh, just a, a lot a huge presence throughout throughout the world uh, that you have especially with your stock growing, you know, doing your time in WWE. So let the listeners know what uh, you have in store. Yeah, I'm, I'm a few weeks away of, of being uh, back to 100% of the, one of the biggest independent shows the slash wrestling expos is coming up. It's at the end of next month. It's WrestleCade in North Carolina. Um, I should be ready for that. And then after that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's happening in December or January. I, I figured Lucha Season 4 will probably start filming in, like, January, maybe February. And then, you know, I think next year will be a very, very busy year. So I'm going to take the, the next few months and just prepare for next year. I'm trying to get into the best shape of my life. i got some new ideas that I want to that I want to follow through with this time. Um, you know, I've been... I've been filming a lot of uh, stuff while I've been sitting at home, doing some stop motion animations and filming some some stuff that I've uploaded into my, um, well, I'm going to start uploading it this week, actually, onto my YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com slash tjblack450, it, it should be a bunch of my favorite indie wrestling matches and also um, some of my skydiving videos and base jumping videos you can check out. I'm very active on social media lately because I'm not doing too much. So if anyone wants to interact with me, actually, all my links are on my website. It's pjblack.com. All my social media links are on there. You can buy some shirts on there. And, um, yeah, just keep in contact and see what, what I got coming up next. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, uh, PJ. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And uh, best wishes to you, man. Speedy recovery. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Have a good night. Awesome. You too. Justin Gabriel, uh, PJ Black, I appreciate uh, you being on the show, and uh, yeah, awesome stuff, man. It's great to uh, get his take on uh, Total Divas. <laughs> I thought that was uh, very interesting. Very interesting take on Total Divas. Uh, a reality check on uh, what they, how much is real, how much is fake. He said ninety percent of it is scripted. Uh, very interesting statistic there. I knew that uh, most of it was, but uh, it's good to know that uh, there's a statistic behind uh, the, the theory um, of total divas. So I was really big into it, like the first or uh, I think first season, maybe the second season, because uh, I think we would talk about it here on the show briefly. But 
Uh, after that, it just really wasn't. <laughs> it just really wasn't my cup of tea. My wife, my wife loves Total Divas though, but it makes sense, you know. Uh, I think it's more uh, more geared towards the latest, and uh, you know, I guess that's a and that's a good thing for WWE in a sense because uh, you know the the demographic is strongly male. And, you know, by bringing, you know, total divas and having uh, just the, the women kind of document their lives, albeit scripted, <laughs> uh, it still it pulls on a, a female base. So uh, from a business standpoint, it's a, it's a smart idea. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got, like I said, we got a lot to cover. Awesome, awesome interview with PJ Black. Appreciate, appreciate him coming on the show tonight. Let's bring on the co-host with the most, ladies and gentlemen, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? Going on, brother. How you feeling? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get right into these headlines. Here we go. Yeah, this is time for the headlines. Hopefully you can hear me, Featherstone. Can you hear me fine? Absolutely. Yes, it is. First, I'm going to start things off with, first headline is that The Shield is confirmed to stay together past the TLC pay-per-view. Hopefully you don't get confused with the group. TLC is table flatters and chairs. (laughs) 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 But of course, WWE has confirmed, and of course, uh, check this uh, link out on the Inquisitor, of course, by uh, Chris Featherstone. The Shield, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose will be... uh, Slighted, of course, to stay together way past the TOC pay-per-view, uh, which I think will be um, uh, definitely a good move. They will be doing work for the um, United Kingdom tour. If I remember correctly, going off of memory, the early early part of November, the first week of November. Yep, first week of November, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. I think that, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, the uh, – SmackDown Live and uh, just the, the rumors of the champion versus champion non-title match going on. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But I think, you know, after that, you know, Lesnar's not scheduled to come, you know, to be on um, WWE television until the beginning of the year. Uh, Cena's not scheduled to be uh, back until early December. So uh, it, it's one of those things that you need some type of star power. And we'll get into TLC oh, yeah, pred- predictions. Yeah, we need, we'll get into TLC predictions at the end of the show. But it's one of those things that you need that type of star power. And man, if you watch Raw, if if you if you are listening to this show, you you probably watched Raw, uh, and you have watched you know the previous Raw since the the Shield has reunited, and it is hitting. Way out the ballpark, home run. The fans are eating all of this up in the yeah, palm of the WWE's hands. And I admittedly am one one of them. Uh, I heard, you know, there was some. I, I heard uh, from some sources that uh, the 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 Shield was going to come back and uh, in the entrance and get back to their theme. And uh, man, it was. I, I was kind of marking out inside, man. You know, it's one of those things just yeah. having that feel <laughs> of, of of getting back into just their their gear. They they went yeah, back to the old hotel. Stuff. Yeah. You know, it's uh, India Going India 
it, you know, it, it, it was one of those. It was one of those things that just getting back to the old Shield music, the the, the, the crowd, the entrance, and all that. It's like Going man, you know, you just, yeah, yeah you, you you can't just do that for one night. And you know, I have my conflicts on just um, the five on three, and we'll get to that later. But oh man, just, yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. But just. Uh, the feeling of just the shield coming back. And I think the fact that sometimes the WWE, you know, are, are notorious for just, uh, just kind of oversaturating things, but the shield yeah. legit hasn't been together in almost three and a half years. Three years. So that yeah. really helps. And that really, you know, that really, t- it gives them um, a little bit of length to keep this going. Of course, come yeah. Royal Rumble season, they'll kind of do their own thing. But, you know, might yeah. as well just ride it out to the rest of the year. Well, you know, one thing I do like about it, I will say, you know, when we talked about the show, the possibility of the show getting back together, you know, a month or so ago, I was like, okay, it'll be cool. And I'm actually, I'm a, I actually enjoy seeing them together a lot more than what I thought. You know, of course, I like mm-hmm. the small things, you know, wearing the gear and the music and going down to the ring by themselves. And I Correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time that I remember that a stable WWE or even WCW uh, respectfully had it to where all three people were, they were able to branch off and be successful equally. Rollins is Rollins, whatever the hell he is. Um, You know, Dean Ambrose is Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. So they all could go their separate ways and be equal, but yet they're great together as a team. Yeah, so I really absolutely. Do, I really do appreciate that. I do. So I look forward, yeah, be- look forward to that. Um, yeah, before, like you said, the the, before you go to the next headline, let me uh, give a quick shout out to my boy, uh, Marty Elias. Man, this uh, this uh, show is actually sponsored tonight by uh, Ringside Pop After Buzz After Buzz TV. Uh, go check him out, man. He's got his own uh, video cast. Yeah. After Buzz TV is doing some some really good stuff. He he and uh, Kia Stevens. Uh, of course, you know her as uh, Awesome Kong. Uh, they have their own uh, video cast, podcast type of thing. Uh, After Buzz TV, uh, Sean Waltman, you know, has his one, two, three, sixty. Uh, there's some also. I think uh, Lillian Garcia has her show on there as well. And of course, uh, I think Kathy Kelly was on After Buzz, and uh, you know her her time there actually got her a job in WWE. Uh, you know, of course. Uh, so that's. And so that's big. So my boy Marty Elias, man, he's uh, uh, doing some really big things, of course, with Glow uh, and being a referee there and being a part of the season. Of course, uh, Lucha Underground, you know, he's the, 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 the Don Juan of uh, Lucha Underground as far as the uh, <laughs> referee is concerned. Uh, so, yeah, go uh, follow my boy. And he's he's taking bookings, too. Uh, you know, he's he's got a biggest, busy schedule. Some things are filling up. Uh, with him fast, uh, be, be sure to book him uh, for for your event. I know there's a lot of people. Uh, I get a lot of messages throughout the week of uh, just indie wrestling promotions, just uh, um, just really uh, you know s- supporting the show, and and, and and I thank everyone for that. So check this out. Here's an email: book Marty Elias at gmail dot com. Uh, book. book Marty Elias, M A R T Y E L I A S. Book Marty Elias at gmail dot com. I know he did some uh, um, some training uh, for, I believe it was either, I think it was uh, Brian Kendrick's school. Uh, 
uh, or Santino School, one of them that he did uh, recently. Um, that he does, he does, you know, wrestling school training. Uh, he's got, you know, 20 years of experience uh, in the business, uh, and he's, you know, a great mind. I've had him on the show, uh, I think, three times. I think I'm trying to figure out. There, there's one person I had for four times. I think it was Marty. I think Marty was the one who. It was either Marty or JTG that that uh, uh, broke the threshold and and has the has the record of four JTG. times. Yeah, yeah. JTG, yeah, four four times. I think I got Marty for three, um, three or four, but I think JTG broke the record. Uh, yeah, because yeah, because I recently got, gave him some applause when he was on the uh, past times. Uh, the last time he was on, I gave him uh, some applauses. I think. I think Marty's been on three times, and we're going to have him on uh, back again soon. So he'll he'll tie the record. Uh, so <laughs> so be. Uh, I don't, be I don't even to, uh, consider. I don't even consider Marty a guest anymore. I think he's like a host. He's like a special. Yeah. <laughs> a special host. He's like yeah, a regular. He's, he's like he's, he's like, like both, man. He's you know he's like one of our he's like one of our frequents. He's you know he's like the. Yeah. Uh, the the, the uh, oh man what, what the center square I don't know if you ever used to watch Hollywood Squares but uh, yeah back in the yeah, day the regular was, center square yeah I was a big game show guy you know back in the day uh, and uh, the Hollywood Square guy and I think Marty Elias is like the the center square so uh, you know it's kind of guest type host type of thing so he's going to break the record book Marty Elias at gmail dot com for your conferences, for your uh, for your indie shows, uh, he's he's filling up. So be sure to the book him. So, uh, what's the next headline? Headline is the Young Bucks come out and say Vince McMahon is taking fun out of wrestling. Because if you don't know the whole uh, debacle or the whole uh, you know legit happening of the Young Bucks, air quote trying to invade WWE Raw. They showed up at Raw. Jimmy Jacobs, former ROH talent, who at the time was WWE producer, went and took a selfie with his old friends. Jimmy Jacobs, of course, got fired because of it. And also WWE went after the Young Bucks because they are not able to use the T-Suite symbol anymore. So um, at a Global Wars uh, event with uh, the Young Bucks and a good old buddy Kenny Omega was there. They had some choice words after the event and saying Vince McMahon is taking the fun out of wrestling. Um, give the Young Bucks credit. I really applaud the Young Bucks and Jimmy Jacobs of using the fact that WWE is going after them, is using it as merchandise to make, make some kind of profit behind it. And um, they also did make a, uh, a funny mention about how they love spending time with their families on Christmas yeah. and on New Year's, which is a dig at WWE because it is strongly believed that WWE will be hosting a live Raw, and live, I believe a they live Raw. It. They confirmed yeah, they it. Confirmed, it's, yeah, they official. have confirmed it. They will yeah. be make, having a live Raw on Christmas Day and on New Year's. Yep. Which is going against yeah. the grain because he always did like you know tapes. So right. um, Young Bucks and WWE have a little feud, and you know, <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think it's funny. Wins. Yeah, I think it's funny. WWE wins regardless because yeah, you know, WWE, <laughs> the the Young Bucks would never uh, reach the level uh, of of the of um, WWE. Speaking speaking of level, real quick, just to, just to slide a headline in here. Um, 
what is up with all these uh, potential walkouts? Uh, yeah, you know, Nia Jax. Yeah, yeah. Nia Jax. <laughs> you know, it's it's like you know, because I was thinking a level, and I was thinking a Neville level. That was his thing for Neville for level, a right, bit. right, right. And he walked out, and now there's you know there's rumors of Nia Jax walking out. Well, it's actually been it's it's actually been uh, confirmed that she actually requested leave of absence for some personal issues. So, yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I I've been I've been I've been digging in my sources uh, within WWE the past couple of days uh, as far as just uh, uh, you know what's going on with with that you know and and also what's going on with uh, with Bo Dallas uh, I heard some things uh, from some sources as far as just uh, you know the reason why him and Bray uh, have been gone you know they they uh, of course uh, I, I, apparently he uh, he's not well, you know, just, uh, there, there's some, some issues going on and, and Bray yeah. Wyatt's been gone too. Bray Wyatt is, yeah. is scheduled to be back on Sunday. Um, but of course we've been seeing most of the vignettes, the sister Abigail stuff, but we haven't oh, seen any gosh. type of, uh, uh, yeah, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get uh, on that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll but, that. uh, <laughs> Yeah, but we haven't but we haven't seen any like physical appearances of, of Bray Wyatt, but just uh you know, Bray uh, Bo and 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 Nia Jax, you know, uh, we don't know what's up with Bo specifically, you know, we think it's uh health related. Uh, we definitely wish uh, a speedy recovery if it is indeed health related, but as far as Nia Jax is concerned, uh, you know, there hasn't been any I haven't heard anything, I haven't read anything as far as just the the type of personal issues or what's going on with her, but uh, you know, there, are, there hasn't been any type of confirmation that she walked out angry like uh, Neville. He did walk Neville. out angry. So well, from there's, what there's, my sources, yeah, from my sources, Neville didn't walk out angry because Neville wasn't even in any WWE event during that whole weekend. So Neville wasn't in mm-hmm. the building at Raw at all. You know, from mm-hmm. what I got, but it's just these random walkouts. These, uh, you know, Neville and Nia Jax, and and I, I like Nia Jax. It's just sad mm-hmm. because I didn't even realize that Nia Jax wasn't even on TV until I actually <laughs> saw the news, and I was like, well, yeah. you know, they don't always have the women on each show. And then when they realized, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's true. We haven't seen her for the past couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I, I give the Young yeah. Bucks credit. I real quick on the headlines of. You got to make, make WWE is going to win because they're a juggernaut. But the yeah. Young Bucks, I feel, you know, they they kind of win in a battle. WWE is going to win the war, but they're still relevant. They got a big enough name. And, yeah, WWE could be kind of petty, as a lot of people like to say. But, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. WWE, like, yeah, like, like we're saying, WWE wins. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've always – I've been very critical of the Young Bucks. You know, to be honest, the I, I have. I am not that party like. Bucks of youth. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I have never been that guy. I've never been the person who just yells out the two sweets, and uh, I've never been on the young bucks train. Just uh, there's no, there's just they're they're great talent. Uh, you know, yeah. they 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 can they can wrestle their butts off. Um, you know, I've spoke with uh, I've spoke with Matt Jackson before, um, good guys. And it's just you know, it's just one and it's one of those things that uh, I I just 
there's just to me, you know, all the, uh, you know, kind of making making a name out of just uh, grabbing a bunch of different gifts to me. It's just uh, that's not attractive to me. Uh, that's not appealing to me. I can definitely understand that it has a strong indie presence. I can understand why it has a strong indie presence perfectly to the indie crowd. So they found their niche and, uh, you know, you got to give kudos to them, man, because I was, I think what one of the, one of the things that kind of turned me over as far as just, and I follow them, uh, you know, when they were before they, when they were young bucks years ago. And then when they, um, became generation me and TNA, I remember that. Uh, and then of course they went back to young bucks that didn't, that didn't really, uh, pan out too well. in in, in uh, TNA, but yeah, I've been following and following the following them enough to to just have an assessment, to have a personal assessment based on the time watching them, and uh, I just uh, you know it's one of those things that I, I just never been that guy, and uh, I, I don't know why they're heels though. I never I never understood that. I never stood I never understood why they would make the bullet the the uh, the the, the uh, young crew. bucks heels. Bullet bucks. Yeah, and it's like the it's it's like Bullet Club is supposed to be the heel stable, and you have the Young Bucks who is just uh, you know the the epitome of indie darlings, so they don't really get yeah. heat. I mean, it, and it doesn't really the help. Only, it doesn't really it, help it, other teams if if they don't get heat. I mean, they're, they're too cool. It's kind of. It's similar to you know to use the earlier version of Hall and Nash the NWO. They were heels. I mean, mm-hmm. they would get heat. I mean, at least Hall and Nash got heat. But yeah. they just was so cool. You know, I can't use Hall and Nash because they got heat too. They just was like cool heels. But yeah, mm-hmm. like like the Young Bucks. They, they everything they do, they get shared to see the kid party, which you know I I, I enjoy mainly because my buddy Carino when he would you know do the commentary. But it's like yeah, everything they did. That's it, my cat. My cat behind it. It's like my cat. You know, you know, and the super kid counter. I missed that. So yeah. it, it's something I didn't really. You know, I, I never paid attention to to talk to Jake the Snake and a few others. Is that I mean, we'll uh, you know uh, we'll transfer this and um, segue this to the next headline. Is we do moves. If everybody likes your move, it's hard for you to be a heel. Yeah. It's not that you can't mm-hmm. like the move, but if everybody is cheering, nobody boos when they see the super kick. Mm-hmm. Everybody cheers. In their moves, they doing flips. As my mom used to call it, they playing Superman, doing flips, back flips. <laughs> they're not doing any heelish tactics. Even when they wrestle, yeah. they don't do anything that heels do. Okay, and when I interviewed Sting, when I when I when I was uh, did a Q and A with Sting at uh, at uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, when when I asked him, you know, it was one of those things when I was at the Q and A. I asked, you know, some player in Jr. And I'll never forget it. I, it just it, to me is the reason why Sting's the goat uh, because yeah, he, he just said it He's so perfectly. You know, he was talking about how that's why it's just so important. You know, he's. He's old school, and I think that's one of those things that if you really want someone to, if you really want both parties to get over, like, you know, with with Flair and Sting, you know, you had Flair who was just a bonafide Weasley heel. You know, he was with the horsemen. He always got, you know, out of things, you know, because of just the gang attacks. And 
Sting was the hero. And right, he was. in a feud like that, they both get over. But a lot of times when you have a lot of these kind of tweener style heels that are supposed to be you know, faces that are supposed to be heels. And it's like, when you have that, you really don't get the other person over. Like you really don't get the other tag team over. And that really hurts the other tag team because they're supposed to be the ones who are cheered, but the heel is being cheered because they're the indie darlings. And so that really hurts the babyface tag team, and it doesn't put the babyface tag team over. So that's that's one of my biggest criticisms of just these type of indie style, you know, baby faces that are supposed to be healed type of people. I'm not a big fan of it because it doesn't really put the other person over who's supposed to be the baby face. He he does, you know, he or they don't get over as a singles wrestler or as a team because the heels getting all the cheers. And, you know, Sting was, was a big fan of that. He was talking about how, you know, Rick Rue was one of the, you know, one of his best people to go against because he was just a bona fide heel. And, you know, the, because he was such a strong heel, Sting was such a strong baby face. And that's really what it should be when, you know, uh, two people are feuding. I don't like this in-between stuff because at the end of the day, either gets one person over all the way or really doesn't get anyone over. I think, you know, when it comes to booking that type of philosophy should still be intact. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. And like I said, Sting is the goat and that's old school. That is old school. We're saying that you just got to do certain things that keep you as a heel and that keep you as a face. That's why Sting never worked as a face, as a heel. Right. Never. That's why Ricky <laughs> Steamboat never worked as a heel. Very or Mysterio or RVD. Yep. Those yep. are certain people, no matter what they do, they could do a snisky and kick a fig baby across. <laughs> they even had Sting attack a woman, Dixie Carter, and even yeah. her husband, and he still cheered her. Cheered him. When he turned heel in WCW, you kept, you know, the next week you had all those signs, why Sting, why? You know, and it's like, right. perfect. You have this baby face. They're like, no, we can't accept it. We don't want you to be a heel because we're so used to we're so used to you being face, and you know it just really didn't work for Sting as a heel. You know he tried it a couple times in TNA, tried it in WCW, didn't work either time because he was such a really good baby face. Yeah, he was. It's, yeah, it said the young bucks is they're gonna win the little war, so let them win that little war in the Indies. Mm-hmm. WWE is gonna win the battle. And then we'll just see what happens and where this uh, carries out. At least they get to rest now, on Christmas and New Year's, though. Yeah. <laughs> and at least they get to hang out with their families and they can stay home and watch right. WWE. Right. But uh, <laughs> exactly. with that, uh, going speaking of faces and uh, heels, Randy Orton, who was Dusty's con, Randy Orton, uh, just was on the podcast. I believe NC Pod uh, recently did an interview. You know, just talking about his physique and, you know, just how he has to be in a lot of shape because he wrestles in trunks. And mm-hmm. he did allude to uh, Bray Wyatt and um, who else? Who does he mean to use? Bray Kevin Wyatt or someone else. Kevin Owens, how they can get away with being that size because they wear T-shirts and their heels. But yet him, he has to be in shape all the time. 
But we're saying that the main thing with the headline, everybody, is that Randy Orton says, and we all knew this, is that he is sick of being a babyface. Uh, he likes being a heel. Of course, we've always agreed Orton has always been best at being a heel. I don't think anybody listening, Russell's on live, Facebook live, if you can name, and, and I, I challenge anyone, name the top three Randy, I give you three, name top three Rand, um, Randy Orton moments as a face. It's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> you think of Randy Orton, you're going to think 90% of him being a heel. And then, you yeah. know, of course, he was a face. And, you know, he he was a heel with the authority, and that was a waste of time. And then he was a face with, of course, uh, you know, feeding with Bray Wyatt. And then, of course, your boy Maharaja. Yeah. But uh, he says he's sick of being a heel. And with Orton being at the status that he's in, he's up there on the, on the level of Cena or any other veteran. If he clearly says he's sick of being a face, he's going to become a heel soon. The only yeah. problem is... Orton becomes a heel, you have to have a strong enough face. And of course you have AJ Styles, but if AJ Styles is already is already feeding with Baron Corbin or someone else, you gotta have a face that's as strong as Orton for it to work. Because good God, last thing we need in the title pitch is a heel Orton and a heel Maharaja Ginger Juice. <laughs> What's gonna happen to the to the face? So what do you think what do you think of um Orton saying that? Um, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sick of him being a heel too. So, I mean, it's, it's, I, with, with Orton though, it's just, you know, he's, uh, he, he even said in the, in, on the podcast that, you know, he's notorious for just kind of acting careless, you know what I mean? Just to, it just, I mean, a lot of people have said this too. He's just, um, uh, just to kind of have a careless personality, and sometimes it just kind of really bleeds to his matches. And you know, if you if you look careless, if you look careless or just just really nonchalant um, in the ring, like it it resonates. It resonates to the crowd as well. If you just doesn't really seem passionate, you know. And it's one of those things that you know with Randy Orton, you know, he's had his moments. He's been in the business. You know, he's been in WWE for fifteen years. You know he's had his times, and you know he's he's Hall of Fame certainly, certainly Hall of Fame, leaps and bounds. You know better than his predecessors. I will say that. Uh, and and Bob Orton and, and and Orton Jr. and Orton Sr. You know it's one of those things that you know they're legends in the business, and I think Randy Orton has 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 topped them certainly. I mean, Bob Orton's never been uh, a world champion in WWE, so. Uh, I, with that, though, I still think that um, just as a character, though, I mean, right. Orton, we'll get to the, uh, I guess I think I'm spoiling one of my top five, or the flavor of the week this week is the top five biggest uh, uh, flip-floppers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's one of those things that, it, you know, Randy Orton as a heel, you know, of course you remember the, the legacy and then the, you know, of course, uh, the, the feud with we him and Steph. We don't remember legacy. We don't remember legacy. Remember him and Foley feuding. Him and Hogan. Yeah. Him and him and Foley. Him and him and Hogan. I think legacy <laughs> was good for because of Cody. I think Cody was really the MVP. Yeah. I think he benefited the most out of legacy. I think that was one of the the pivotal points for him to really establish his character. Uh, but he really didn't do too much for Orton, especially DiBiase Jr. And I've had DiBiase Jr. on my show before, 
Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things that it really didn't do much for him. It, it just was man for it. I think probably Orton's biggest thing. I think, I think probably the biggest thing for Orton is when he was feuding with Triple H. Uh, I think it was WrestleMania 25 when he was feuding with Triple H, and um, it was uh, was it 25? I think it was 25. Yeah, uh, when 25, he was feuding with Triple yeah. H and, and he punched Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah, Shane. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. I think that I was think great. That was 25. It, by the way, um, whatever happened to you, to that to that mental uh, that mental disorder that he claims he had? Yeah, remember that. Whatever happened yeah. to that? <laughs> it went away. It went away, just like gold dust. Glory, uh, glory to be to God. You know, yeah, gold dust to rats went away. Big yeah. Show's ironclad contract disappeared. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Randy Orton, I think it's about time from the transition on out of there. You know, um, I know that he, I mean, he's, he's still young. He's only 37. You know, he's been in the business for 15 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's only 37. And it's like, only at 37 years old, I mean, really, you have like probably 10 more years left in your, you know, in your career. At least a solid Seven, you know, six or seven, but it's like it, it was just—I mean, seven years from now would make Orton in the business for twenty-two years, and it's like he yeah. Flair did it, Triple uh, H did yeah. it, yeah. But Both you know, it's one of the things it. that, it, and it's that's true. But back in the day, though, it was easier for older people to be in the business because it wasn't as exposed. You know, you would have right, your. Was, yeah. Your Verdon Ganyas, your Nick Bockwinkles, you know, you would have those type of people, even Dusty. Right. Chris Adams, mm-hmm. the original Steve, Steve Regal. Right. Not you know, it's, Steve Regal, but yeah. The, the Steve Regal, right. Uh, you know, you had a bunch of people who, you know, were still older, you know, Ken Patera, you know, they, they, they were still older and they were still in the business because – it wasn't as exposed as it is now. You know, travel. You're always seeing them. You're just. I mean, their life. You just their, their tweets, their social media. There. I mean, right. you really get to see the life of the person. There's the, the mystique is just uh, the the element of mystique is just fading. You know, just as the years go by, and it makes right, the right. shelf life younger. You know, I mean, it, it lessens the shelf life because of the people not really having a mystique anymore. And I think, you know, with Orton only being 37, though, that's, and that's the crazy thing, you know, it still seems like he's been in the business for so long and that he's older than what he really is. And 37 is young, you know, and, but still, I mean, we'll probably see some more face and heels turns, you know, in, in his career. But I just, I really think that Orton's plateaued. I mean, I, 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 th- I thought he did, you know, before for the past couple of years. Yeah, and it's one of those things that I thought he plateaued before, but he, you know, he kind of surprises when, you know, he turned, uh, when he did the turn with him and Triple H at SummerSlam together when he cashed in the Money in the Bank. So that was good. Uh, And then I thought he plateaued again, and he, you know, joined the Wyatts. I think that was a a good help, you know, with his career. But he'll have these kind of pop-ups as far as his significance is concerned, but all in all, I think you know he's done. He's done works. He's done great for him to do. You know he's had great matches, but I really think he's plateaued. 
yeah, like you said, what else can you do? I mean, you you done won Rumbles, you done won both championships, you done won money in the banks, you done, I mean, just, what else can you do? You know, you wearing hoodies and you right. out here wrestlers. <laughs> you, you done done everything there is to do. So, like you said, it's, he plays old. He can just go do other things. But because he's who he is, he's a company man, you know, his dad, the lineage of the family, I don't think he's ever leaving. WWE. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, I agree. If you hopefully he becomes a heel soon and just do something different, just just be a heel. I say one thing he has to do. He can just be a uh, start attacking NXT people. Do a reverse invasion. Get yeah. tired of yeah. uh, everybody in the mid card and start attacking the NXT guys. Or bring or uh, yeah, no, uh, that would be interesting. Or he can do some type of, um, you know, some type of invasion, perhaps, you know, bring some people up from NXT, yeah. perhaps. It could be, you know, perhaps. Chicken invasion. What do you, what do you think? Oh, well, but, but what, oh, I just had a pretty interesting idea. What about Orton kind of going the heel route and bringing up the authors of pain and just kind of having them being like his henchmen? I think that would be pretty interesting. Hey, that's a good idea. Bring yeah. back a. Uh, Paul Ellering too, that infection. Precious, precious Paul Ellering. Precious Paul Ellering. Yeah. Mm-hmm, with that Wall Street <laughs> Journal. And the same old right. black glasses from 85. <laughs> it's, uh, right. Yeah, just think about that. That's a good idea. Or he could do the reverse legend killer. He was focusing on killing legends. He could do the reverse thing. And uh, I mean, you can't really say no babies, but uh, the new generation. He could decide, okay. I don't want any of these young guys coming up on NXT and the main roster taking my spot. And I want to go ahead and get rid of all the up-and-coming guys. I mean, we, we're giving ideas. We don't know who's talking of any Mac events. You know, he's oh, no, oh, yeah. Maybe someone else is giving them the ideas. But I, we just gave away, we just we just came up on the spot, two different things that Orton could do right now. Right. That actually could right. give him at least another year or two if I'm doing something different. Absolutely. So, and there's no such yep. thing as a good snake. If he's the viper, you can't trust a snake. You, can. you can't. As as but, as as the legendary Jake Roberts would say, you can't trust a snake. You can't trust a snake. Do you trust <laughs> me? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But um, uh, back back to the other headline. I know we running for some of the headlines. Next headline is Big E. Well, WWE don't like. WWE never likes double names. If you start off with a first and last name, WWE is going to shorten it to the last name. Langston. Or they're going to shorten the first and Langston. Biggie Langston uh, asked WWE via Twitter uh, for a cease and assist letter. Of course, WWE sent out a cease and assist letter uh, to the Young Bucks or the Bucks of Young, or as Featherstone calls them, you know, the Bullet bullet Bucks. Uh, the Bullet Bucks. <laughs> the Bullet yeah. Bucks. They, uh,. <laughs> Season assist letter, they can't do the too sweet sign anymore. Uh, Big E Langston asked WWE via Twitter and mentioned how if WWE had another season assist letter to send to Kellogg's, because now yeah, there's a box of Fruit Leaves, and I actually did see this earlier, somebody sent me. The box of Fruit Leaves has a unicorn on it, and it looks just like, very similar to the Bootios, or very similar yeah. to. Uh, New Day's, uh, you know, image of Bootios and the Unicorns, which we do know, we like the New Day, but the New Day has very strong innuendos, if you get what I mean. 
So uh, very, very strong. So I think it's very interesting if WWE will go that route. Um, we'll have to see. WWE's pretty smart. WWE's a juggernaut, but Kellogg's is, is, is a juggernaut in his own. So mm-hmm. um, that's uh, kind of interesting to see uh, who's going to win that battle. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. do you think Biggie? Do you think Biggie Langston did that as a joke, tugging, tugging cheek? Because you know they all do, or do you think he was uh, serious? I think that there was a bit of both. I think it was, you know, everything kind of goes under, you know, the umbrella of tongue in cheek when it comes to New Day. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think, <laughs> I think Big E was really like, hey, uh, can you really do something about this? Like, it's not going to, it's not going to make me lose sleep if you don't, you know, I, I definitely don't want Kellogg's to, you know, be mocking our, uh, our booty so. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a bit of both. Yeah, definitely just wanna. Triple H. Yes. Uh, Someone Triple H. I'm sorry, I have a little issue with the uh, um, my phone just froze up on me. Um, but Robin, with the the headline is in my phone. Let me uh, fix this issue. Triple H's but... uh, supplement provider stated that uh, WWE uses uh, uh, HCG. It's a it's usually a female um, um, uh, enhancement. Uh, it's usually used for females, but it's yeah, a lot of times it's used for uh, males. The males use it for you know performance enhancement, uh, and uh, you know they. It, it's just one of those things that uh, <laughs> it, it, the the WWE released a statement and talked about the. I don't remember. I don't remember this the statement. Um, specifically, but it did talk about like um, less than seven percent, you know, uses the the the, the enhancements or use, uses the the, the substance uh, and just the, the testing and just things of that nature is just uh, the, the the biggest thing of it is you know with with Jinder Mahal, you know, with his you know big with with his big. Um, speedy style body transformation and you know just uh, a few other things you know they they also said in their statement that they the, the uh, wrestlers get tested four times a year um and and a few other things but the the, the bottom line is for Triple H's supplement providers just kind of rag them rat, rat them out like that uh, I I thought it was you know quite funny probably doesn't watch WWE probably doesn't care about WWE uh, so it made it was even funnier <laughs> because because of that uh, WWE was quick to you know uh, kind of appease their their PR uh, presence by by releasing the statement. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things that uh, tested or not tested. There's you know there's people I know within the business that uh, you know have admitted that uh, there there's some. There's some things that WWE kind of overlooks, you know, as far as just making sure that if if someone is getting pushed, uh, they kind of overlook something. I remember Randy Orton. Uh, there was a there was a um, the, the I think it was I don't remember what it was called a signature pharmacy or something like that back in the day, where uh, I think he was supposed to get like suspended. There was a bunch of people at that time that got suspended. Um, but uh, there was another violation that he had that was supposed to be his third, but I think they kind of uh, linked it up with like the second one. Um, and and the, the bottom line is 
that they did. They, technically, they could have and they should have fired him, but they didn't. So there, I mean, there's some things that the WWE clearly kind of, um, kind of picks and chooses, you know, when it yeah, when it course. comes to, uh, to to making sure that a certain top talent or certain top talents are kind of uh, uh, off the compared to lower tier talents. I mean, unfortunately, I've had Adam Rose on my show, and you know, there were some times where you know he. Uh, he, you know, he he got uh, suspended, you know, a time or two, based on things that uh, you know he said that uh, he got prescriptions for, you know. Right, so, right. you know, they it's picky. It's it, it's a picky style. It's a picky type of company when it a comes political. to the severity right. of of punishment when, it, when as far as stuff, substance abuse or substance use rather, not even abuse but substance use. Yeah, I do. Um, apologize for that, fans. My working on my phone. My phone did end up uh, freezing a little bit. But uh, yeah, the, his WWE will always pick and choose what battles they have. You know, they're political. So in, in any business that that's you smart enough, you, you fight a battle. You know what battles you can win and what battles you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely know that. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So for the sake of time, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, just storm through the uh, Raw and SmackDown uh, review, uh, and then we're gonna go to the February week. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on uh, Raw and SmackDown for this week? Raw was confusing. Raw was filled with so much DLC, uh, downloadable content. I thought Raw overall was a <laughs> solid show. I, I love any time Strowman and Reigns gets in the ring. Uh, the tag match was uh, very well done. But it, it, it's just, you know, 205 Live, excuse me, I was your kind of dimidious among men. These random stables, it's like, what is going on? It makes no sense. Can yeah. we have some clarification, please? And then, yeah. and, and, and of course, the, the elephant in the room, Kane showing up, which I love Kane staying. But to, to what we talked about yesterday, and I know we kind of disagreed on it with the whole Braun Strowman thing. Okay. Braun Strowman being in the, in the TLC match really didn't need it, but okay, at least that has some history. At least that makes sense. Why in the world you download Kane popping up, attacking Roman Reigns? For what? Weren't you just on SmackDown Kane two to three months ago? So you're a free agent now like John Cena? Yeah. What's going on? Where's Kurt Angle? Why are you attacking Reigns? And, and, and shout out to one of my brothers, uh, TB. Uh, we talked about this before the show, and he he made a good point. He said, "Well, maybe Kane is showing up and attacking Reigns because of the Undertaker." Right. And I said, "Okay, that that is that is a stretch, but why did you have to?" To to me, I would have rather had him come back at TLC after the match is over, clear out the shield, and then attack Roman Reigns. Then mm-hmm. let them have a one on one feud. Then it would make more sense that when you separate them, not, not to be a part. You already got Strowman. Why do you need a five on three? Yeah. It's just over, but in uh. SmackDown, I, I, like I said, was doing my show. Was in the middle of three things. I didn't really get to see uh, much of SmackDown. Um, for what I, for what I did see, the show seemed okay. Um, I do like how Ziggler's feeding with Rude. Um, a little something different, and I like Ziggler's uh, character now. He doesn't have, you know, kind of like the Batista thing where he doesn't have any music and just the spotlight. But I can't speak uh, much on SmackDown because we saw a tad bit of it. Uh, 
Ugh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, yes, as far as Raw is concerned, it, it was okay. It was just okay. You know, it's for some reason, I think just these go home shows. I remember back in the day, I was just so excited. I, I used to get so excited about go home Raws because that's when they really get, you know, give us all the gusto and just really pull out our stops and just, uh, really give the people something to look forward to when it comes to the pay-per-view. Now with this network stuff, man, it's just like they just kind of throw that away. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, it was not not a big fan of it. And, uh, you know, we're going to have another Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox match. We've already had, you know, too many of right. them. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, one good thing that I am happy about is that the Cruiserweights didn't main event this year. I mean, this 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 uh, this episode, three straight weeks of main eventing Raw was just. I think I think it was one of those things because if we talked about it before that uh, it was there was some reports that after around quarter after ten, uh, that everybody kind of like kind of closed the book a little bit as far as just uh, ratings is concerned. The third right. hour is usually the lowest, uh, one of the lowest, um, t- typically. And, and Monday Night and, Football wasn't that great. They didn't have any great teams or good big yeah. market teams. So, you know. Right, right. Um, so, you know, having the cruiserweights for three straight weeks uh, really didn't – I think it just proved that it really didn't help much and it didn't it probably even made it worse uh so i'm glad that the steel case match actually did close the show and they you know and one one good thing that i am happy about is that they did they kind of weaved the angle throughout the show that that's what i i am happy about that because we did did see that a lot during the attitude era which i loved that it it was just kind of a storyline angle throughout the show it wasn't just like you know, standalone segments. Of course, there were, you know, segments throughout the night, but it wasn't just like, you know, you can just remove a complete segment from the show and just it wouldn't have anything to do with anything, you know, and just, right. uh, you know, yeah, you have yeah. that at WWE. You know, like like you have Jason Jordan, Titus oh, O'Neil, and Apollo gosh. Crews beating Elias and Anderson and Gallows. I mean, just... That made no sense to me. It just seems like they're probably, yeah, you know, they're it, probably it's for all the three black TV. guys together. It's for all the three <laughs> yeah. black guys together. And, and you know, and the crazy thing is, someone had the nerve, and I was I saw it on Twitter. Someone had the nerve to have a split, uh, a, a split pick of them and the nation. And I'm like, <sighs> no, had nothing, no, you know, no, to do. Not, not, even, not even the similarity of the nation. Who did and, that? I don't even remember the person's name. I'm not going to put them over anyways uh, on the show, but it was it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, just as far as real real quick, as far as Raw is concerned, the, the Finn Balor sure. and Bray Wyatt. The second oh my gosh, cross dressing now. Oh uh, man, man. I, I call I call him a pumpkin demon because it was just like he had the Pickle orange man. type of. Pumpkin, you know, type right. of gear, type of paint on. I it was, oh, it was just so ridiculous that I really can't understand how someone could write that and, and, and just kind of rehearse it and then say, you know what, this is 
this is perfect. Uh, let's go ahead and air this. Let's go ahead and do this. It was it's just Vince terrible. It. It's like man versus man, but one is a demon, but one oh. is also like a cult leader that's like a entity that. Well, here's the thing. But you have Balor, a man versus man match. Balor hasn't been a strong promo guy, anyways. So if you have, you know, a segment that was just strictly him cutting a promo and then going back and forth with just this pumpkin demon uh, and and regular Finn Balor, it was just absolutely terrible. And just real quick for time constraints, the Kane oh. thing, again, it was just it, it was it just made no sense to me, made no sense to me. I understand. Oh. And I wrote a piece about this today. You know, there's there's reports that, you know, the reason why Kane you know, join the, the fray. You know, this was playing a few weeks back, uh, just because of just uh, the, the the lack of star power. Cena or Lesnar is not going to be on TLC, so I get that. But at the same time, it's like adding Kane to the mix to me doesn't make it makes no sense. Difference. It makes it makes zero difference. Kane being in the match compared to not being in the match makes zero difference to me. To be perfectly honest, I would have rather had Kane chokeslam Braun Strowman and have a match with him and Strowman at, at TLC. I mean, like, if, if, yeah. you, if you're real, because here's the thing, and I'm already spoiling my TLC predictions here, the Shield's going to win. <laughs> we know yeah, that we the Shield's going to win. But it's like, that's another Braun Strowman loss when, in fact... Kane could have choke slammed Strowman, got a bunch of pops, and Strowman could have had a a win. He lost to Brock, you know, and you know now he's going to lose again against the Shield, and that's not really helping Braun. I, I don't think I always say you know Braun Strowman's impenetrable, and as far as his career, lose, losses really don't matter much because they they protect him a lot, so he bounces back quickly. But at the right. same time, if you keep losing these type of matches, it really doesn't help him at all. And just him losing in a 5-on-3 against the Shield, I mean, of course you want to put the Shield over, and it makes sense. But him because, being a know, part of a losing to take team, the fall. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, he, he's not going to take the fall, but at the same time, it's like he's still a part of the losing team. And... Right. He could have easily, just, he could have easily been choked slammed by Kane, uh, and you know Kane's return would have, you know, would have been exciting. The fans would have erupted. And so just Braun Strowman, just for him to lose on Sunday, yeah. to put over the young guy. It, right, and Strowman, and Strowman could have put, uh, and Kane could have put over Strowman. He could have choked slammed Strowman, went against Strowman at TLC. That would have been a marquee match. Braun Strowman could have got some some steam by beating Kane. Simple as that. Right. But they just they Kane could have went back to SmackDown. Didn't make any sense at all. Uh, as far as SmackDown is concerned, uh, just uh, again, it's just an iffy, you know, just a kind of middle of the run type of uh, type of show for me. Um, I am not enthused at all about Brock Lesnar versus Jinder Mahal. Makes no sense to Wait, me at all. Wait, that happened. Yeah, well, it's uh, gender announced that uh, he wants a part of Brock Lesnar. Uh, so you know, there it's been rumored that Brock and and, and gender was going to go against each other at SummerSlam in a in a non-title match, and what? basically confirmed. So Brock, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar is confirmed to be on Raw. 
uh, to answer the challenge. And uh, so, yeah, we'll get it. It's a Survivor Series. Um, we'll, we'll get more to it as the weeks progress, but that, that doesn't make sense to me at all. I mean, better than uh, against 170-pound Finn Balor without <laughs> the paint or the jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we're going to get you know, probably some something to do with him and, and Bray. I hope not again. But yeah, so you know, the, the going into TLC, TLC. You know, I, like I said, the Shield has has done fantastic. You know, the, I think they're way over. It, it worked. It's working, and they, they've they've done a fantastic job. But um, yeah, so so we'll see what happens with that. All right, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. I five biggest heel face flip floppers in the WWE. In WWE alone, or can it be anybody? They can be anybody. Number five, Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair, you've been face, hail, face, hail. Hail when you should have been a face. Face when you should have been a hail. Not really necessarily Flair's fault, but it's just Flair. He's Flair. You're going to like him regardless. Mm-hmm. Number four, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Anybody, <laughs> like I said, I've had Jeff on my show three times. I'm good friends with him. But has anybody really cared enough for Jeff to really Pay attention to when he's being a heel. He's a heel, he's a face. He's a heel, he's a face. He's a heel, he's a face. Come on, brother, make your mind. WWF, WCW, keep flip-flopping back and forth. Don't really know if I have. Uh, and, and then I'll go in and go a stable. I, I would just have to say the horsemen. Um, mainly in the 90s, it was like, what were the horsemen? The 90s, just the horsemen was so good. One week there was a face, then it was a... Hell, and then a month later, their face, and their face is for two months. They're teaming with good guys, and then they're feeding yeah. again, and then Paul Roman, and then Sid Vicious. Yes, I mentioned Paul Roman because he never happened. And Dana uh-huh. Lincoln on Chris Ward, he was Hills, and then their faces at NWO, then the Hills again, and then Mr. Perfect joined, and then Malenko joined, and then there were Hills, and then Flair comes back and does the, the classic, you can't find me, or already fired, then their faces, and the Hills again. What is going on? Then they become the revolution, which is a stable that we act like never happened. <laughs> so, no. the horseman, uh, to Kane, of course, I guess it happens. When you're in the, in the company for over 20 years, you're, you're a good guy and you're a bad guy, and you're a tweener and you're a good guy and you're a bad guy. So, Kane just is subject to the actual environment. And then, number one, of course, has to be Biggie Show, Medium Show, Light Show, the man who fell from a building but resurrected within an hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> every week he was a heel face, heel face. Um, big show's number one. And then I got the honorable yeah. mention to Miz. Not that the Miz flip flop much, but you gotta love WWE because he cared so much about the Miz three years ago. How they turned him a face on Raw. Then he realized, oh crap, we can't turn him his face because he has a Christmas movie coming up with Big Show on NBC. So we're gonna <laughs> turn him back to being a face the next week. So uh, that's my top five. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, that that was great. I was thinking of Flair and things like that, but I I, I restricted mine to WWE because there's so many, so I just uh, yeah. restricted mine to WWE. Um, number five, I, I put Rikishi um, because he, huh. you know just there were so many flip flops with him. There were so many different characters with him too. Um, they know the drugs. 
Fatu. So many. The Make a Difference, the Sultan, the, the, the you know, Fatu, Rikishi Fatu. Yeah, there was so yeah, yeah. Bad bad I'm a bad man. Give it bad man. Bad looks. Yeah. Divide him three. Yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. And I, that definitely that uh, he's one of them. Even when he was with Rikishi, he's just uh, uh the 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 um uh, Kind of, well, he was kind of heelish, and then with, he was with the too cool. He put his glasses on; it's different. And then he, did, you know, turned turn into the I did it for the Rock and the Batman, and and just yeah, it was just kind of he's just kind of been back and forth this basically his entire career. Uh, then number four, um, number four I have is uh, Randy Orton. Um, you know, just yeah. within his 15 years, he's he, he's had his you know fair share of, of heel face turns. Uh, recently, he was you know, you know, he's a face now, and then the uh, turn heel for the Wyatts, and then you know was was face before then. It was uh, was heel, you know, during the Authority, and so you know he was just kind of on on and off, and then you know with the face again with Rollins, you know, going against Rollins and just, just all off and on. Uh, number three, I have is Chris Jericho. I know that's, that's my guy, you know, that's, uh, yeah, number Jericho, one for me. Yeah. For, yeah. Just, uh, WWE, he's been, uh, number one for me ever since his WWE career. I've, uh, he's been in my top five for, you know, 20 years, but, um, you know, he, he although being my favorite WWE guy, you know he's uh, he's had his fair share of flip flops, man. I think that that was I think that was probably to the detriment of his character too, because uh, it, it was consistent, inconsistent at times. Uh, number three, of course, Kane. You know, just as we were talking about, just uh, so many flip flops, and you know he was he was a baby face. I think the last I think I recorded that on my piece the last time he televised match was. Uh, November of last year against Luke Harper, uh, he was a babyface, and um, just so many just heel and face turns. It's, yeah. it's crazy, and of course, number one, you know, Big Show, of course. So uh, that that's without saying. I, th- I definitely think that the Big Show is, um, you know, although you know, although he's a, has a Hall of Fame, you know, style, you know, uh, Hall of Fame worthy career you know it's it's still unfortunate that uh you know it, it was so many and i, I was i remember like look, look, listening to his um austin you know stone cold podcast and uh you know i'm just saying yeah he, he does he does it for the business you know he's a business guy but at the same time you know when i'm, I'm thinking about it i'm just like that doesn't really help you know you as a character just as far as just your stability um so, you know, I think that kind of that kind of hurt him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's close it out by the the TLC predictions. Uh this this Sunday. Start off with the singles uh match, the uh the, the kickoff. Alisa Fox and Sasha Banks, who you got? Uh I give it to Alicia Fox. She needs it. Uh Sasha. Um Lexa Bliss versus Mickey James for the uh women's championship. Uh, I give it to uh, Mickey James only because they've been talking about her and you know being seven time champ. I give it to her. See, I'm going Mickey. Like I was going Mickey, but uh, just real quick, I 
Mickey won on Raw, so usually the philosophy is that she'll lose the pay-per-view. So, uh, I still see Alexa and, and Asuka. So, yeah, Alexa. I'm going to go Alexa. Uh, Asuka and Emma. Hey, this is a no-brainer. Asuka. Yeah, Asuka for sure. Kalisto and Enzo. Kalisto. I'll give it this Kalisto. I think Enzo will get it back. Uh, Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher against Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. It's a 2 205 live <laughs> matches. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first time ever. Zach Gallagher. I'll give, it, I give it his. Uh, give it his uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Balor and, uh, and and Bray. Oh, I, I should say the versus Sister Abigail. Cross dressing. Uh, I'm get a cross dressing to win. Sister Abigail, whatever yeah, incarnation he's gonna be. I go Balor. All right, last but not least, uh, let's do the Shield versus uh, Miz, the Bar, Braun Strowman, and Kane. The Shield, it's, it's a no-brainer. The Shield just got back together. You got to keep building them strong. The Shield right. will win, and I think maybe going to put over, it's either going to be the Miz or I feel uh, Cesaro or Sheamus is really going to take the brunt at the fall. I think they're going to keep Strowman looking strong in case. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Shield wins for sure. Um, this will probably carry over to Survivor Series, perhaps, yeah. and you know who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Taker may be involved this time. Uh, Survivor yeah. Series to join the Shield brethren, so we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, 290 episodes. Wow, yeah. wow, wow! Pancakes and yeah. Power Sam show running strong, running fast, running strongly fast, and. Uh, uh, big special shout out Special thank you to PJ Black um, Special shout out to the sponsor For tonight's show uh, Mario Elias and After Buzz TV Ringside Pop Check out Ringside Pop On After Buzz TV My boy Mario Elias Sponsor the show tonight uh, Big shout out to PJ Black Please uh, speedy recovery with his injury And uh, hopefully that he'll get back in the ring Sooner than later Thanks so much for uh, despite recovering from your injury, being on the show tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, 290 episodes, of course, follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. On behalf of Evan Tech Proud with Under the Mat Radio on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., this is Chris Featherstone with the Crave Wrestling and the Pancakes and Power Slam show. For 290 episodes, we are signing off. You have a good night and God bless. Goodbye. Good night. God bless. It's been an honor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.